Abuse, rape, or trauma are things that happen to people who are victims at that very moment. Child or adult, there's nothing you could have done to prevent the atrocity. But when it's over, the healing must begin. It gets every day. You have inner beauty. You have inner worth and value. Framing your past as your past and leaving it there will help you to frame your future and lead you to the place where you belong with a woman's soul restored. Here's LaTanya Hendry. Hello, and welcome to another podcast of A Woman's Soul Restored. Today I have a very special guest that we will be interviewing and getting her story. Divine Favor is an American national independent recording artist, also known as Minister K.C. Webb. She was born in our nation's capital, District of Columbia, and migrated to Savannah in 2010. Divine has been a professional vocalist for over 30 years and vocal trainer for over 20 years. She has many accomplishments over the years, such as being the former Miss Teenage World, District Columbia, Miss Debutante, and Miss Georgia, Miss College Park, Maryland International. She began her musical journey at the tender ages of three and four. At seven, she dazzled a congregation of 300 as she sung her first public solo, Somebody Bigger Than You and I, which brought everyone to their feet and there was not a dry eye in the place. At 17, she was the opening act for a concert that the gospel great Shirley Caesar was the main attraction. Her musical journey ultimately led her to an appearance on Dr. Bobby Jones Presents on Impact Network in 2016. She is a nine-time nominated, three-time winner of several independent music awards. She also has her own show called The Divine Favor TV Show that has been airing for five years on social media and now has been added to digital cable television, On Point Network, that airs on Roku and other formats. She is also the owner and founder of a small business called It's Your Big Day Wedding and Event Planning Service since 1992. Outside the music and ministry world, she is a former elementary educator for 16 years and former medical professional for 14 years. Divine is a mother of nine, grandmother of nine, and a wife for 15 years. She has degrees in business administration, education and biblical studies. She is an ordained minister of five years and has the gifts of dreams and visions. Divine Favor will release her first book, Daughter of Strife, my memoir, this fall, and a second book, The Ugliest Wife, due to release spring of 2021. So without further ado, Welcome, Divine Favor. Thank you so much. Welcome. It is such an honor to be a part of your podcast today. Uh, and um, I'm really excited about what God is doing uh, with you and how you are just so talented and so gifted. And you're just showing us all types of things that's coming from you. Uh, since I had you on my show, The Life yes, of Divine Favor, yes. a few years back in 2016, yes. uh, and you were releasing your book yes. at that time, 
and so I'm I'm very happy to be a part of this today. Awesome! It was my pleasure to 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 have you. The tables flipped a little bit. <laughs> be able to interview yeah. the interviewer. All you right, know, yeah. To learn a little more about you because I've I've followed you for a while and just you know very interesting and busy. Yes. Um, so. We want to talk a little bit today. We want okay. to get a little deep. All right. Um, because I understand you have a story yeah. to share. Yeah. Um, and if you could, you can get into your story and how has it affected your life? Um, well, um, I know that you've been uh, touching base on uh, survivors of, um, of uh, sexual abuse yes. and uh, incest survivors. I am both. Mm-hmm. A survivor of um, incest and sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, I also went through some verbal and mental abuse uh, over the years. I was married uh, two times before my current marriage, okay. and so I had a combination of things that happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, my first marriage was extremely challenging. Um, I was very young, I was a childhood bride. Um, basically uh, 19 years old wow. so I you know had I was a freshman in college just fresh out of high yes, school yes. and really didn't know uh, what I was getting myself into mm. uh, with being a, a, a such a young bride and my yes. husband was very young also and he's a uh, uh, a few years under me and so he was still in high school he had just graduated high school when we mm. got married but we were engaged while he was still in high school gotcha. um, had a son uh, by by my my first marriage, and um, he was almost one when we did get married. So we were young parents, mm. and we were young bride and groom, yes. and it just uh, just didn't go well. Mm. It really didn't go well, and and uh, uh, some of the abuse that I that I went through as a child, I think, had an effect on me being able to function as a wife. Uh, which I was not ready for at that time. Mm, that was yes. back in 1992. So that was uh, uh, almost what 28 years ago. Mm, yes. <laughs> yes, 28 years yes. ago, I was a, a childhood bride for the first time, mm. um, and so rushing to get out my parents' house. You know, mm. I rushed and got married, got mm. an apartment, and everything, and it was a. Uh, I just wanted to, to get from underneath the thumb of being a, a PK, a preacher's kid. Because gotcha. my, my dad that raised me, uh, who is uh, my father's brother, he became an ordained minister when I was 13. So my wow. teen years was very strict. Yes. My prom night, everything was just, I was just like, I got to get out of here. And um, it was just too much for me. And I was ready to be on my own. But then I found out, you know, some Mm -hmm. years later, I wasn't quite as ready as I thought. Exactly. Uh, And I went through a whole lot. But the, the, I believe that the, the incest that happened to me, which is going to be talked about in my book that will be released, but um, I'm not concerned about uh, talking about it today because people can still read it in detail exactly. in the book, so I'm fine with sharing. Um, the I, I suffered the incest through, you know, of course, family. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a few cousins, male cousins and things that uh, did some inappropriate things, and I kind of remember as far back as age four, Mm. Mine started at age four and it ended at age 15. 
And you would think, okay, at 15, you're old enough to be able to uh, say no or, or tell somebody or whatever. But um, that incident at 15, uh, I was basically, the date rape drug was dropped mm. into a drink that I had, which was like, uh, I had no business with the drink, but right. my, my mom had given me the drink. My mom that just passed away, rest her soul. Mm -hmm. She was young too. And, um, I didn't spend a lot of time around her. I had just started reforming a relationship with her, okay. uh, when my father passed when I was 13. So from seven, when she left, uh, the household and I didn't see her again until I was 13 mm -hmm. at my father's funeral. So you can imagine going through not only the mental um, um, pain that I had mm -hmm. about not having my biological mother around, yes. uh, losing my biological father at 13 to suicide. Mm. He uh, suffered PTSD oh, wow. really bad. And you know, in the 80s, they didn't have the things that they have now to right. treat. And they didn't have the programs that they have now. And I, I so wish that uh, they did then what they yes. have now, because and with me being the the type of person that I am, I'm very resourceful in, in a lot of different areas. And I would have been there to help him yes. get the help that he need. And so sometimes I, 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 I feel some kind of way about the fact that I was only 13 and there was nothing I could do. Yes. I didn't even know. Uh, about PTSD, I didn't know about the sufferings that come behind that for a lot of the military, and he served in Vietnam, so he oh, wow. suffered the orange agent. Yes, and uh, it it really messed up a lot of the soldiers, mm. and he kind of was one of those who was was um, just didn't know how to get the yes. help that he needed. But nevertheless, at age four, I had an uncle that. Um, I wanted some gum and, you know, and, you know, like kids want candy and mm -hmm. gum and um, not realizing that some adults are, are just uh, mentally sick. Yes. And um, in order to get the gum, he told me I had to perform oral sex. And of course, I didn't know what oral yeah. sex was, right. but I knew something was wrong about what he was asking me to do right. even at age four. And um, I remember uh, when my parents came back from the store, I remember bursting out in tears and crying and screaming and just letting them know I was not comfortable with what yes. was going on at that time. And um, after suffering that at, at the early and tender age of four, um, I dare, there were many incidents between male cousins and things of that nature from four to 15. Um, and a lot of that uh, was very traumatizing to me. It made me afraid of the person. Mm -hmm. Uh, whenever I would see them, family events, or if they came to the house and things like that, I was uncomfortable. Even at that age, as a child, you can, you know, you watch children's behavior, they'll tell you something's wrong. Yes. Um, at 15, however, that was the very worst incident that I had uh, with uh, my maternal uncle. Um, and he... I felt he take, took advantage of me. Mm -hmm. He took advantage of, of, of me being under the influence of alcohol, which I should not have had, but it was given to me by, uh, by a parent. Mm -hmm. So, I, you know, you assume it's okay. Yes. Um, so being that, um, I guess he used some type of date rape drug mm -hmm. or something was dropped into my drink when I 
walked away from the table and I came back and drunk my drink and then I don't remember what happened to me after mm. that. I just remember waking up with my uncle having sexual intercourse with me wow. in the back of his truck and uh, it was like I was fading in and out of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to fight and it just seemed like I was just too weak physically yes. to fight. The effects of whatever he gave me took over but when I finally came to and finally was able to look myself in the mirror I, I realized I had all types of uh, bruises around mm. my neck and on my chest Wow! Um, and I just felt dirty yes I felt um, I almost felt like I maybe I did something to deserve what happened to mm-hmm. me but I know that I didn't right. Um, right. I didn't um, you know at 15 you're you're a teenager yes. and you know Teenagers can be sexually active, but I would have never uh, came after a relative or uncle or something to try to, you know, be uh, sexually involved. And so, um, in in that era, they didn't really get the law involved, especially Mm -hmm. in in black families or uh, people of color, because my my, uh, mother's side of the family is interracial, um, and um, she has uh, uh, Irish in her line um a bloodline mm-hmm. from her dad and um it it just the 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 whole incident ended up sending me through individual counseling yes. um had to be tested at the hospital to make sure that there was no unwanted pregnancy mm-hmm. from it which would have been the absolute worst yes. thing that could have yes. happened from it all and just um just knowing what happened to me um, I don't even know if it was a rape kit or whatever they use at the hospital, but they wanted to check and make sure everything was okay. So I was okay physically. Yes. Um, so they end up just dealing with the mental portion of what I went through by sending me to counseling. Okay. And and I believe the counseling did help. Yes. Um, but at times it just made you feel crazy because mm-hmm. you had to go to an individual mm-hmm. yes. counselor to yes. get through all of that. And so um, to to end that portion of what I went through, I believe that people need to know that you can survive and with the help of the good Lord or whomever your creator is or whoever it is that you worship, you know, um, I worship the creator, the Lord Jesus Christ and God, uh, the Trinity. Um, So my thing is, if it wasn't for my prayer life, if Mm. it wasn't for um, my parents that raised me, keeping me in church, if it wasn't for the prayers of my grandmother, yes. all of those things, I believe, helped me get through being uh, sexually abused yes. or being a, a, a survivor of incest. And for a very long time, I was uh, quite embarrassed to even admit that. Mm-hmm. I couldn't talk about what happened to me because I thought people would look at me differently. Mm-hmm. I cared that people would look at me strangely or not want to be my friend or not want to be around me because I was a, you know, I was a survivor of those things. Yes. Those things can make you feel yes. like uh, the whole world knows mm-hmm. and really they don't. It right. feels like the whole world is kind of closing in on you. Um, so I, I think that people need to know that. Yes. And me being transparent and others being transparent with their stories will help other young, uh, other women um, and and men yes. who have been through it help them know that it's okay 
to talk about it. It's okay to get the help, and it's okay to realize that it was nothing that you did wrong to deserve yes. what happened to you. Yes. And and a lot of abusers throw that guilt trip on yes. children, yes. especially making them feel like um, you know threats of harming the family mm-hmm. or if you tell on me and you know all of that kind of stuff or whatever. You know, no. Yes. Uh, the old cliche was was done is this in this house stays in this house. No, it no. I didn't teach my children that. Yes. I taught them if it's something's wrong, you can tell me. You can exactly. talk to me about anything. I don't care what it is. Yes. You can talk to me about it. I may not be happy about it, but I will do everything I can to help you get yes. through whatever it is. Um, so I, I don't believe in in people keeping things a secret when exactly. when it's when it's hurting them. Yes. they need to they need to know it's and, and, and those type of abuses lead to domestic violence. Yes, and you know and, and a lot of incidents or the women women feel so low self esteem mm-hmm. that they allow men uh, whomever to abuse them yes. physically and yes. mentally and verbally and emotionally. There's so many different types of, of, of yes. abuse. Exactly. <laughs> But a key thing I see that you, that survivors have in common, that don't become um, perpetrators themselves. Yes. Because that can happen as well. Mm -hmm. That we protect our children. That's right. All of my children are adults, all three of them. But they still call me. We have a very good relationship. And I wanted to remain like that because I was very overprotective of them. Yes. So I was called Mother Hen. Oh, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I considered it a good in my, oh, you this baby in them churn, you got them churn. Yeah. No, no, this is how I feel that they're safe. Yeah. I didn't leave them with everybody, even family. I didn't feel comfortable leaving them with everybody. Yeah. When you saw me, you saw them. Right. So that's one of the things we have in common with with being survivors is protecting our children. Yes. But another thing is that reservation when we're in in a relationship that's not abusive. Yeah. Because me and my husband, now when we first got married, I was coming out of an abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. So I was guarded. I mean, the least little thing he said, I'd pick up stuff and just start throwing. Mm. Like, you're not going to hit me. He's not that type of person. Mm. But because of what I went through Mm -hmm. and getting into a relationship so quickly, I still brought that with me. Mm-hmm. I didn't give myself a chance to heal. So yeah. when you said that, you know, you didn't really, you're surprised you were able to take on that role as a wife. Yeah. And be successful at it. Yeah. That's one of the struggles of survivors, how to be in a healthy relationship. That's right. And how to be equally matched with your partner. Mm-hmm. You have a good partner, but you still back in yeah. the past about what yeah, happened. Yeah, absolutely. So, and then it also it also makes you probably a little more aware than what you would be on a normal basis because every little thing, mm-hmm. I pick up on it quick. Yes. And I'm like, yes. wait a minute, I've seen that behavior before and it makes me nervous mm-hmm. and I'm like wait a minute oh no I'm not you're not about to do yes. this no yes. no no yes. I will I'm not I'm going to react know. before you yeah, react yeah I'm going to react you know. before you react yes. you know yes. and that's that's kind of um, you know the life that I kind of dealt with yes. living and, and it's not that I'm completely over you know that um, and all the things that happened to me but I am healing day by day moment by moment and yes those things happened in my childhood which was almost 50 years ago but <laughs> you know, nevertheless, um, uh, I got through it with the help of the good Lord, yes. uh, with the prayers of many, 
the prayers of the righteous, um, the guidance of the righteous. Uh, My parents that raised me kept me in church and um, him being a minister uh, when I turned 13, Mm -hmm. uh, they were very strict. And so, you know, when I got out on my own, I took a lot of that with me. Now, not saying I didn't get into some stuff and get into Mm -hmm. some trouble, uh, and um, not do things the way that I know that they would have approved of. Nevertheless, though, they say the children will uh, stray away, but they won't stay away. Exactly. And I've seen the example of that on my own life. Mm. On my own life, so, yeah. yeah. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> so, I want to talk about life lessons, and you've, you've went into some things you've learned and the things we just discussed about, you know, being very protective of your children. Um, but I guess because what happened to you was ancestral, you were probably a little more guarded. I was. Um, of them, and that's understandable. Um, yeah. Totally understandable. Yeah. Um, so in the midst of all of this that went on in your life, because you're a beautiful woman now. Thank you. You probably were beautiful then too, but might not have seen yourself probably as beautiful. Because people see our beauty before we yeah. actually see it. Now right. I say I'm cute and I'm, yeah, I think I'm cute and all that. But back then, you no, would, I did not believe You wouldn't I believe was, it right now. I'm going to tell you and look you right in your face. I thought I was an ugly duckling for mm-hmm. most of my childhood. Yeah. When I go back and look at the pictures, I was a cute little girl, mm-hmm. but I didn't see that. Yes. I didn't see that when I looked in the mirror. I, I thought I had to do more and, and mm-hmm. do extra to be accepted, just wanting to have a friend, mm. you know. And to this day, I have very limited amount of people I can say is a friend, exactly. but I do have a lot of sisters and brothers in ministry mm-hmm. that I can talk to, that I that I trust, and that I will be there to support right. them and vice versa. They have supported me. And so, you know, I, I guess I kind of guarded my children to the point where I got the title of Mother Hen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I guess it was said originally as an insult. Mm-hmm. However, I didn't take it as an insult yes. completely because that's saying I'm very protective of yes. my children. Although all of them are adults now, except one, um, and she'll be in a, a legal adult next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I did quite well, and my children mm-hmm. range from 17 to 31. Yes, and they and I have nine grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it's I've done all I can do yes. to keep myself together mentally and let them know. These are the signs that you look for. You don't allow this, you don't allow yes. that. And if you feel uncomfortable in any way, you let somebody know. And um, I, I, I bless the Lord that none of them have come to me and said that something was wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess sheltering them like that. I let them have their friends. I let them go out. I let them do activities and things like that. I didn't want to keep them bottled up right. so tight because then when they get of legal age, they go haywire and go mm-hmm. crazy like yes. I did. Yes. <laughs> 18 and 19, I went haywire <laughs> for a minute uh, uh, and I finally caught up with myself at about age 23, 24. I calmed down with all that nonsense that, that I was doing <laughs> and it was nonsense. Nevertheless, I mean, that's just being a young person and that's yes. just going through and believe, I got saved at a very early age mm-hmm. um, at eight and eight years old I gave my life to Christ and then I rededicated my life to Christ at age 26 
books gotcha. uh, because you get a better understanding yes. once you become an adult. Exactly. Um, and then I rededicated my life again at age 38. Okay. And the reason why I did it so many times is because I felt spiritually that I was growing mm -hmm. and I felt like the need to rededicate myself yes. and say yes to the Lord and what it is that he wanted me to do. Mm -hmm. And I am not a, um, I'm not a super uh, Christian. <laughs> I don't wear a cape. <laughs> I don't do any of those things. Yeah. And you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, some people just go overboard yes. with it. Yes. I don't, I believe in the good Lord. I believe mm -hmm. in the Lord Jesus Christ that he died and rose from my sins. Yes. Um, I believe in the sinner's prayer. I believe mm -hmm. in all of that. But nevertheless, I taught my children not to be religious, but be spiritual. Exactly. And so exactly. I am a very spiritual person. Yes. I'm not a very religious person. And it is a difference. It, there is a difference. That, but it is a difference. It's and a you know big what? difference. Guess what? I didn't learn the difference until after I was in my 40s. And I know well, that incidentally, is, yeah. me either. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you know, the teachings that we had... Um, growing up, they did the best they could. Yeah. The, the the teachings and the pastors that we had growing up and in our 20s and 30s or so, they did the best they could. Yes. But then you have to start seeking out the word for yourself. And in it, seeking yes. out the word for myself, mm -hmm. I realized that there were some things that I understood. There are some things that I still don't understand. Yes. And yes. that I asked for guidance, and there are there are some things that I will go to another spiritual leader, even though I'm an ordained minister. I still go to another spiritual leader mm -hmm. and say, "Hey, what you think about this?" Or yes. I don't quite understand why this is being said yes. this way, yes. and it doesn't make me weak. It exactly. doesn't make me unknowing or unknowledgeable right. to the Word of God because I know the Word. Oh, yes. trust me. I, it's yes. nothing but the word of God and, 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 and Jesus himself that got me through some of the things I went through. Mm. I should have been dead and gone. I should have been in a loony hospital yes. or some kind of mental institution <laughs> with all the things that happened to me. I could have easily been an alcoholic. Yes. I could have easily been a prostitute in the street. Mm. I could have easily been on drugs. But it was the Lord that kept me. And the fact that I did not want the generational curses that was on my life mm -hmm. and on my family's life over the years, generation after generation after generation. Yeah. At some point, I wanted to stop it. And the Lord told me, you're going to be the one that's going to start putting a, a, a monkey wrench in this. You're mm -hmm. going to turn that thing around. Wow. And it, it, and I said, why me? Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. why, why me? You know, I don't have the, the I don't have these superpowers and, and you know, that some of these other ministers and things mm -hmm. have. That's the way I felt. But it wasn't, a, I found out it wasn't about that exactly. at right. all. Right. And, and I stay in my lane. I don't do a lot of hooping and hollering. Mm -hmm. I'm a teacher when I do speak yes. um, to preach or anything. Um, I, I don't go overboard <laughs> and exactly. I don't do things that I'm not comfortable with. And even when ministering in song as divine favor, I don't do a lot of hooping and hollering, mm -hmm. sweating, spitting, and carrying on, <laughs> climbing across <laughs> all kind of stuff. And I see it and it's yes. great and yes. it's, it's emotional, ch emotionally charged. Mm -hmm. I would rather sing you a lullaby mm -hmm. and be calm and be spiritual and yes. reach you without all the screaming and yes. carrying on. Yes. And the effect of what God blessed me with in, in my vocals, mm -hmm. it, ha it brings people 
to tears. It brings people to realization. It's like when you open your mouth, my eyes just begin to flow. Yes. And I used to wonder why it would get so quiet when I would sing. And I said, is there something wrong with my voice? Or no. they just quiet? Just, you know, and, just, and the people, it may have been somebody that came up before me and they hooping and hollering and, and sweating and spitting and carrying on. <laughs> and, and then when I come up, as soon as I open my mouth to start singing, it's like it gets the room just like, it just gets quiet. Mm. And it's like they're focusing on what I'm singing and the words that is coming out my mouth. Yes. And I had to learn to be comfortable with that because it used to bother me. And I used to feel like I'm not, I'm not doing anything with with what God gave me. You know, nobody's nobody's emotionally charged right now. You know, nobody's jumping up and down and doing cockwheels. <laughs> we you know, know it doesn't really take all that. It doesn't. I've heard you maybe three times, <laughs> so I understand the quietness because your voice kind of pulls spiritually it pulls you in. Amen. You don't want to say anything. You just yeah. want to be calmed yes. by that voice yes. that doesn't have. I don't know what kind of voice it is. I can't even describe it. Yeah. But it's calm. And it's soothing, so you can't be jumping up and down yeah. when something's trying to soothe you. So I totally understand the quiet aspect of yeah. it. Like you just don't want to say anything; you just want to be drawn in. Yeah. Well, that's a blessing. And yes, thank you. Is. Thank you for letting me know that. Also, that's oh, confirmation yes. to yes. what I've heard before. And um, and and I'll just continue to do what it is that God yes. leads me to do, yes. even if I don't get the the response that others get. Mm. And and that's something I had to learn. Uh, is sometimes people are people are watching and people are listening, yes. even though they're not responding. Exactly, exactly. So I try to live to my best. Amen, amen. <laughs> so in this last maybe minute or so, because we have gone over, but it was a good over. It was a very good over. But we've talked about the music. Do you have any words of encouragement that you can give to someone that's possibly in this situation or maybe out of it and just don't know how to get back to their normalcy? What would you say to them? Let's see. Well, you know, the first thing I would say is be you. Mm. Be comfortable in being you. Yes. Don't be afraid to reach out for help. Don't be afraid to be transparent in telling your story once you get the help that you need. Yes. Uh, because your story and just what you have to say, even if it's just one sentence, mm -hmm. could actually help change somebody else's life. Yes. It could make them realize that, hey, I'm not the only person that has gone through this. And so if she can do it, I can do it. Yes. Or if he can yes. do it, I can do it. Oh. And that that's kind of where I am with anything that's, that's, that comes out of my mouth, mm. it, it, I want to make sure that it can help somebody. Yes, yes. And if it can't help nobody, then I don't need to say it. Amen. Powerful, powerful <laughs> stuff. Well, I thank you today, Divine Favor, for gracing us with such a powerful testimony. And be on the lookout for her book. Daughter of Strife, my memoir, this fall. Now, how are you going to do that? Are you going to have like a virtual signing? Or are you going to have books yourself? Or Well, you know what? I, I really had planned for it to be this big hoo-ha event here in Savannah, Georgia. Yes. However, it may very well end up being virtual, okay. um, which is fine. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to research and, and find resources to make it stand out as yes. much as possible. 
in hopes that people will buy the book and um, it's also hopefully will be available by ebook also. Okay. Um, so those who don't want a physical copy can can get a download and pay for it and they can read it that way also. Exactly. So I am looking forward to my copy yes, of the book. And, Most definitely. And surely I, this has been a pleasure talking to you today. Thank you. Sarah. Is it any way that anyone could reach out to you on yeah, social Facebook, media? Of course. Um, I, I have a page, Divine Favor Recording Artist. Yes. Um, they can reach me on Instagram at Divine Favor uh, Sings mm-hmm. and also Twitter at Divine Favor Sings. And if you Google Divine Favor Recording Artist, I'll pretty much pop up anywhere and, and the albums are all um, on iHeartRadio, yes. iTunes, and yes. so on and so on and so on. So, But thank you so much for having me as a guest oh, yes. on your show. Yes. It has truly been a blessing and God bless you and your family. Thank you. Always a pleasure to be in your company. You're such a joy and delight. A calm and, and peaceful spirit, but a delightful spirit in itself. So for a woman's so Restore. This is Latanya Hendry. Please tune in and join us next week. Be blessed. Mm-hmm.